Welcome to the Midwest Game Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, John. Here with me today is Alex. Hello. And Brian. Hey. Today, we are going to talk about Helldivers 2, also known as the Q Simulator, where you just wait in a queue for hours at a time <laughs> before you ever get to play. Uh, but before we get to all that, you can find all the places you can listen to the show. Check out MidwestGameNerds.com slash links. The Midwest Podcast Network has a Patreon. Patreon supports all the shows on the network. You can subscribe as little as $1 a month. Help keep our shows alive and well. Check it out at mpn.bz slash Patreon. Thanks to Jason K, Tom Z, David O, and Corey Z for their contributions. One of the perks to join the Patreon is you get early access to our bonus episodes that we call Side Quests. Side Quests are where we veer off outside the realm of video games into food, beverages, movies, TV, and more. Join our Patreon to get those episodes a week early. As always, we do appreciate your feedback. You can send to MidwestGameNerds at gmail.com, and don't forget to rate and review us on your favorite podcatcher. Alex, any bumpers for the network? Yes. Uh, the folks over on Horror Movie Yearbook just released their interview with director Douglas Scholes and actor Doug Bradley, most known for his role as Pinhead in the Hellraiser series, uh, about their new film called Thorns. Uh, so please check that out on their feed. They also had their episode about Lord of the Flies out recently, the 1990 Lord of the, F- Lord of the Flies. Oh, I can't talk. And uh, they did a tiny tear about um, their horror movie crushes and who they would offer Valentines to. That oh, I'm that's sure cute. Is quite adorable. So horrormovieyearbook.com, check it out. Uh, over there. Hell yeah. Uh, what, what have you guys been playing? Well, let's do this first. Plans I make still have you in them, but new games swim into view. And I really want to play them, but I want to play you too. New games keep coming out, but I only think of you. I only know that I will get to you someday in the backlog. Yeah, so I'm gonna learn I, those guitar chords, and then I'm gonna play them on my guitar next you time. Can do, we'll do it live. Fuck it, we're going live. Just, just like Bill O'Reilly, we'll do it live. <laughs> You're going to learn it live. In three yep. <laughs> hours, we're going to play this song for you. Blang, 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 blang. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, just, um, it's just me picking wrong notes. <laughs> John, John Shreds. Um, yep. Yeah, for the first two and a half hours, then you'll finally get it. <laughs> uh, I checked out and have started playing Remnant 2. I don't know how much... I don't think I talked about that last time. I don't remember you talking about it. Yeah. So I think I maybe think I, you brought it up after we had ended the recording. I think I, I finished Remnant 1, but I finished just the main game, and I bought some of the DLC when it was on sale for pretty cheap, and it turns out that the DLC has a has kind of like a an actual ending, or like bridges into Remnant 2 a little bit, and oh, that's it cool. was interesting and kind of fun, and... um. And I enjoyed that stuff quite a bit. But Remnant 2 is interesting so far, just in the sense that, like, I feel like they have... (sighs) I'm still really digging into it, but they've kind of really built out the 
they call them archetypes, which is kind of the class that you would select at the beginning of the game. They give you like four or five to choose from. But I know that also as you play through the game, you can unlock some of the other archetypes and you can have two archetypes at once. Oh, so that'll cool. give you skills and modifiers on those skills and things like that. I haven't gotten to the point where I've unlocked a second archetype yet, but um, it's kind of nice that they gave a little bit more progression and variability to the different classes that you can use. So I'm excited to do that some more. And the game's real pretty. It looks way better than Remnant 1 did, uh, I believe, because it's on Unreal 5. Um, and it looks nice. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm enjoying that quite a bit. I'm excited to play more. And um, the only other thing I'll say is I did play, this will lead into John, your stuff. I played the Final Fantasy VII Rebirth uh, demo, which, for those of you who know the original game, it's basically the beginning part of the Nibelheim uh, flashback. Okay. uh, Nibelheim? Yes, it's the name of one of the, the cities or towns in the Final Fantasy VII world, but um, you do get to control and play as Sephiroth, and uh, it's very cool. Um, it's fun. I liked it quite a bit, and uh, I'm excited to play more of that when the actual game comes out in nine days or so. Um, so they did just say that they are unlocking like a second part of the demo that has some stuff that isn't in the full game um i think meant to be like a we won't spoil it for you kind of thing and i think you unlock something in the full game when you play the demo so i'm looking forward to checking that out uh but i don't know much about that second segment yet so how how many uh parts are there going to be to this whole thing they haven't i don't know that they've fully said yet the interesting thing that I've heard is that uh, I'm going to not spoil Final Fantasy VII for those people that are experiencing it first or new right now. There's a big event that happens towards the end of the first disc, right, John? Yep. And my understanding is that this game coming out ends at the location where that big event occurs. Uh, and that's the game is three discs. Okay. So like we could be looking at five parts. If if each disc is like two games, but the third disc is a little shorter, so it's only one game. Like, or that's they just, could also that, be like that is just insane that they've <laughs> like the original game was three discs, and we've it's now taking two entirely two. Two different releases, two forty to sixty hour experiences to amount to to yeah. one disc from the I original agree. game. Yeah, I don't, I don't fully, I don't like, I don't. That's all that I've heard. I haven't looked into it too much because I haven't wanted to spoil anything. It's like I the think, opposite of British television having like five episode <laughs> seasons and like only one season. The American season. version of yeah, Final Fantasy. I think they have only announced three. So they said when when the announcement of the rebirth name came out, I think they said, and there's an as of yet untitled third entry in the series that we are also like starting to work on or whatever. Mm-hmm. So 
I don't know what they will maybe excise or fast forward through in a third game if it's meant to cover discs two and three, but I think it's probably possible. I mean, I don't doubt that there's a lot of filler in the original game, too, because it was the first time they gave you a real open-world Final Fantasy, like, with Chocobo Racing and all the mini-games and everything they had, and being able to hunt down the different materials and things and the summon spells and whatnot, like, that all, like... A lot of that is probably just open world filler. You it's could side, maybe consider Final Fantasy like yeah. the original open world game, Final Fantasy VII. Maybe like I don't know if that actually qualifies or not. But um, so I, I yeah, I just I can't. I don't. Here's the thing. I don't think I will be selectively breeding chocobo to get a blue chocobo to walk across the sea to get Knights of the Round materia in this remake world yeah so things like that i think are getting are probably getting pulled out and then i bet you the third disc is just the cinematic for the knights of the round (laughs) materia is what it is when you use it in order to use it you have to insert the third disc and and then when you're (laughs) done using it they ask you to put the first disc back in there you go yeah that's entirely possible but for for those who, who don't know the knights of the round summon spell is one of the most epic summon spells of all time and it's literally like I how long was it Alex was it like a minute I'm like Google three minutes right long now. or so five minutes long or something like that how long like, is the animation it is a minute and a half it's 90 seconds of animation to which cast the spell just seems so long in the <laughs> middle of like a battle sequence in in any game really like to just 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 sit there and watch like one spell happen for a minute <laughs> Well, half, what, like, what made it long was when you're going to fight the fucking weapons, and then yeah, you're using, and you just, like, you W7 keep, with, like, yeah, Mimic on everybody. Right. Yeah. And then so then you have Knights of the Round running for 45 minutes straight to defeat this <laughs> enemy that has, like, a couple billion hit points, like... Yeah. Which, yeah. again, is, is <laughs> a complete side quest, totally unneeded. Like, you don't have to fight the weapons. No. Like, so... I I think there will be three games, and there might be... I wouldn't be surprised if they do other side stories similar to what they ended up doing many years after Final Fantasy VII with Crisis Core and Dirge of Cerberus. If they're going... Like, they've said they want to kind of encapsulate a lot of that stuff. Advent Children. Like, maybe they will make an Advent Children video game with this in this new timeline or whatever yeah, they're doing. I think... If I recall correctly, when they announced Rebirth, I think we talked about what the third one would be, and I don't remember, like, what I had tentatively titled it, but it had something to do with, like, the aftermath, basically. I I think it's going to be Reunion, would be my guess. Uh, That would be interesting. uh, But, I mean, they also called Crisis Core Final Fantasy VII Reunion Reunion. But anyway, I don't know. Brian's going to quit the show if we continue talking about this specific issue. John, I know you played more of the first remake. Yes. How did Uh, that go? Not great, because there... So I got got through the whole intro sequence, which is what the original demo was, which was a lot of fun, because it's, again, the original demo that they released for... PlayStation, but remade for 
this modern era of gaming. So it was very cool and epic to go through that sequence again, incredibly nostalgic um, in many ways. But then I got to the sequence where um, like Aerith is basically like leading you through the slums. Like you get in and like you get to go to her house and you meet her mom and like she feeds you and you have to sneak out of the house and everything. And then you've got to sneak your way back to the other side of the slum so you can get back into your normal sector seven. Um, and the, the game throttles your movement so many times throughout that entire sequence that what I thought was only going to be like a 20, 30 minute thing ended up feeling more like an hour and a half to two hours long of just nothing. It was incredibly boring, which is disappointing because the game is cool and fun. And, uh, it just, I, I guess like it kind of bums me out that the, like all of the battles are predictable because you can see the enemies on screen. Like it doesn't have randomized battles like the original game does. So there's no, like there's nothing to break up that monotony yeah. randomly. You know, you can't just run in circles and level your characters like you could mm-hmm. before. Um, but yeah, I just, it, it just kind of like, I was like, this is incredibly boring. Like I wish they didn't do this. And especially because it is a very pretty game. And part of me thought, and I explained this to you, Alex, privately yeah. that like, I thought that it was maybe the director of the game being like, look how pretty this game world is, but it was literally in a giant trash heap in the game. And you're sitting there like looking at garbage all around you in slums. And you're like, oh, cool. I'm basically just in the favela from Call of Duty. Like, this is awesome, but yeah. not like, I don't know. So needless to say, uh, in, in trying to break up my time attempting to get into Helldivers 2 to play it, I was playing Final Fantasy, and it didn't go great, but I want to keep going just because uh, you so graciously offered me uh, the special edition version of Rebirth, so I want to actually kind of complete Remake, so I feel like I'm going into Rebirth, like, having played the thing and done the stuff, you know? Yeah, that's fair. I hope you stick to it. I get it. I think there are a lot of times, even in the demo for the new one, where I'm like, I want to walk fast. Why aren't we walking faster? But I think I think it's worth it. I think the feelings as a fan of the original of getting to some of the moments that you had in those old games and seeing if they've done things a little differently or not and just seeing how pretty everything looks, I think is really cool because it feels like what my memory of final fantasy seven is after sure. having all the stuff come out, you know, that advent yeah, children and everything. Well, like I mean, that. and it's interesting seeing, seeing the different like take on the story. And I don't know if it's a different take or just, it's being interpreted correctly this time because the original apparently was translated so poorly from like what I understand. Yeah. But well. like having Aerith have, like some form of relationship with the Turks in a way, like Mm -hmm. what is her tie to them that they're presenting here? And maybe it's me forgetting the original story that much. Also possible. (laughs) Like, I don't know because I can't remember it that anymore. Like it got to a point where I forgot about the game I was playing back in the day. And I was literally just right rolling around like breeding Chocobo and like hunting down materia, you know? So uh, but anyways, yeah, I I do plan on 
working my way through it. It's going to take a little bit longer than I think I wanted it to, but what uh, what doesn't these days, you know? Fair. So. Um, my uh, memories of the game are watching my friend play it for hours on end. That would be even and, more incredibly uh, boring. I mean, it was <laughs> That's a little more exciting you, than you listening to you guys talk about it. <laughs> because I actually got to see the game in action. And it looked really good back then for a video game. It was yeah, beautiful, for what it was. I remember. But yeah, it had pre-rendered backgrounds and I mean, you know, chibi polygonal characters. Like, Could I follow what was going on? Hell no. Because I would just drop in at a random point and then, you know... It didn't really help. Weird if you shit would be going on. From the beginning, honestly. I do remember, like, the spells and stuff looked really cool. and But I hated the way the menus looked. But that's, like, basically every Japanese game. They just don't translate them well into the U.S. market, I guess. But anyway, yeah, they can kind of be information overload, I suppose. Yeah, well, the, and they it's usually like a poor font, and like just it's just the way everything's like displayed that bothers me. But like, I mean, would that stop me from playing it? Probably not. Um, the fact that yeah. it's a Japanese RPG would though, right? I'm willing to try. As I've said before, I. <laughs> considered the only thing that keeps me away from them really at at this point like the ones that i've been able to access for free pretty much is that they're super fucking long and i don't have time for that yeah like i still haven't finished baldur's gate 3 and that's a super long game and but it probably pales in comparison to playing Based on where I'm at now in the game, I'm thinking I can finish it long before I could finish, like, Persona 5, for instance, Yeah, if I wanted to do most of the stuff in that game, so... Entirely possible. Yeah, how many hours do you have in PUBG and Call of Duty? <laughs> That's different. Is it? It is, because it's over way more years. Yeah, well, one I have thousand... a small 661 hours in PUBG. 662, according to what I'm looking at here, is what it says. And then you've got 361 hours on record for Call of Duty. So That's it? What's that about long games? 662 I mean, I hours a is a pretty games. long game. I, have over, I think I have over 100 hours in, uh, with the expansion. I might be close to 100 hours in uh, Horizon Forbidden West, actually. Which... On to things that I have actually played, if it's my turn. Yeah. Uh, I did play a bit of the the Burning Shores uh, expansion DLC, DLC again. Um, damn, it's just like, playing it on my TV again, I'm like, holy shit, they, like, the, expand, the DLC graphics definitely are a bit better than the, the regular game. And that really is, it really is noticeable on the TV. Um, but yeah, I, I didn't really get too far because I was just kind of like flying around and just in awe of how cool it looked because the whole Burning Shores area is just neat looking. Um, but uh, I started the quarry with 
Erica, and that is ridiculously good looking. Like, it kind of makes all of the other uh, games from uh, Supermassive kind of look aged. Um, but uh, it, it starts off in an interesting place, I will say. I am very intrigued. Just start in a to play that. Hmm? Does it start in a quarry? Uh, no, actually. Oh, is that's it like, crazy. Uh, is it, it's, it's like <laughs> summer camp, like yeah. Friday the 13th type. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Um, yeah, you control, like the main characters are camp counselors, and it's like taking place, I think, I believe, like at the end of the summer, like right when all the kids have gone home. Okay. And they're about to like, they're they're, just... they've packed up, they're about to leave, and then apparently something's going to happen that prevents that. Mm. Um, but there's like a, like a prologue to that, that I played through, um, that was very interesting and I'll be curious to see how it all links together. Uh, we get to find like pocket knives and no, it's not like like that. There's no telling John that he's the worst at the game ever. (laughs) Which, yeah, so it's not going to be quite as fun as... I wasn't the worst ever. It was just, you know... He couldn't believe how bad John was at the game. I just want to throw it out there also, Brian, you have 783 hours on Destiny 2, and you are one (laughs) achievement away from perfecting it. That's because I never play Titan. A Titan, yeah. It's the only thing you need is all the Titan (laughs) subclasses, and you're good. I also haven't played (laughs) Destiny 2 in a long time. I'll probably boot it up at some point soon for like 20 minutes and then it'll crash on me or whatever or kick me out to orbit. These these Japanese games are too long. (laughs) (laughs) Right now they're too long. I I, like I play longer games, but I'd like them to be more like 20 to maybe 50 hours, not, you know, 160 yeah, no, I mean, 200. I know the PUBG rounds on average are probably like five minutes long, but across 661 hours is pretty ridiculous. <laughs> Why play like a bespoke story with twists and turns for 60 hours when you could play the same fucking map? When, when you can just <laughs> get over 60 no scope from across the map repeatedly it's more for hours like on a, end. <laughs> I don't play alone. It's, it's like a social experience. Yeah, it's a communal thing. No, I know. Yeah. I get it. That's why I've been playing those games. I don't have... And, and like, when I play single-player games, I do like to kind of go hard and play, like, at least a couple hours. And I haven't had time for that a lot of days. So an hour of Call of Duty or an hour and a half of PUBG, that's good. And then I'm done for the day. I know. I'm just I'm just giving you shit. Yeah. <laughs> I get it. Would I like to do both? Absolutely. I'd like to have my multiplayer gaming and my single player gaming, but it hasn't really been lining up lately. Um, that being said, single player wise, I did try the Pacific Drive uh, Steam. I think it was the Steam Fest demo that they yeah, did. Yeah, Steam Next Fest. Yep. Steam Next Fest. Uh, that seemed like it'll probably be cool, but uh, I. 
fucked up and crashed my car in a weird way. It was like a physics bug, I think. And uh, <laughs> then I just didn't feel like playing more. But I think Bummer. I will check out the full game at some point. Um, nice. I do like driving games. And even if they're arcadey. Cool. Uh, beyond that, I don't think I played anything new other than what we're kind of focusing on, I guess. What are you playing on your Xbox or on your PlayStation or on your Nintendo Switch? What you've been playing? There was once a distinction between those two segments. So here we are. <laughs> Uh, Helldivers 2. Yes. A By, Sony uh, published live service game from Arrowhead Studios. Uh, that is a sequel to a game that came out, I believe, in 2015? Maybe before that? I, yeah, I don't remember. Yeah, March 2015 for the PlayStation 3, 4, and Vita. Wow. Almost 10 years later. Um, so Helldivers 2 is a third or first person shooter. It's third, it's third person until you aim down sights and then it was first person if you want it to be. Exactly like PUBG. Yeah. And, uh, it is a live service game where you are playing with hopefully a team of people, whether it is quick play with randos or with a group of four up to four people um to take down the to spread managed democracy across the <laughs> galaxy from super earth and defending super earth from the automatons and the uh the bugs i don't remember what the bugs are called but yes it's very starship troopers esque in a lot of ways, for those who enjoyed that film, the Paul Verhoeven classic, and um, but yeah, it's a live service game. It's it's playing missions that are uh, potentially repetitive, although I haven't played enough to know that for sure. And um, but but it's meant to be played with a group of people. John, did you get to play with anybody or no? No, I got through the tutorial segment and queued up a few missions on, uh, by myself and uh, promptly decided that I should never play that game by myself um, <laughs> because it's basically impossible. Did you do a defense mission? I did escort missions. Uh, oh, that's, no, yeah, no. Yeah, no. De defense? We, that's, that is defense, but... Uh, Brian, Brian and I played with Zach Buff yesterday, and we had a uh, we had an escort mission, and just got destroyed by the automatons. Like to the point where Zach was like, "I think this is bugged. Like, I think there's a problem with this because we're playing on medium, and it shouldn't be this hard." Um. <laughs> uh. So, yeah. I mean, one thing to say is. This game exploded. Like, it's huge. It is way big. It is, it is sold four to five times more than what they thought it would sell. And that has led to, um, 
you know, you know when they run like an open beta or a a, a, a stress test. Well, I don't remember seeing any of that for Helldivers 2 because they probably didn't think they needed it. But guess what? They're doing a stress test right now because they've had to limit the servers to like 500,000 yeah, people. The whole, the whole launch has been a stress test. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so they're limiting it to 500,000 people, which is crazy. The other crazy thing is that like it's hit like Steam all-time high concurrent of like 409,000 players at one time, which is pretty nuts for like that's breaking into the top five games. Like that's that's cl- getting close to like Grand Theft Auto numbers or like um you know other massive like I think even like Pal World is the only other thing that it was like it was up against Pal World I think which is also blown up in this weird way too um but that has made it difficult to log in and play the game in a lot of ways and there it's not just a matter of buying more servers to have people play the game on they're saying that it's literally like the the unoptimized code that we use to have people log into our servers is creating bottlenecks that we never thought we would see um and so they're working on re-optimizing a lot of that. They're one of the few game studios hiring people right now because they need the people. Um, but it has sold quite well. Well, luckily there are plenty available to work. Yeah. Uh, and it's been simultaneous launch on PS5 and PC, for those who don't know, at thirty nine ninety nine. Or there's also a $60 version that has uh, some cosmetics and includes a, a battle pass. But... Um, yeah, I don't know. Brian, I mean, I feel like you're the most tuned in to live service games. How do you feel about Helldivers as a live service game? You play all the Fortnite, so what do you think about Helldivers? What? I don't play Fortnite. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I see you laughing, but you're, you muted yourself or something? No, I just keep calling back to the joke that Tom said that you played Fortnite in our uh, in our in our review of Starfield, and you f- you forget that every episode. So every time you're like, "What? I don't play Fortnite." <laughs> <laughs> Thought about installing it to mess with the Lego stuff, but I probably oh, so said that last time Fortnite. too. <laughs> anyway, um, anyways, what are your thoughts on Helldivers? I I mean outside of the fact that I have to log on to a server and wait in a queue to play with my friends it doesn't feel like a typical live service game to me like I don't I don't feel like this pressure to be doing a bunch of things like you know destiny where I've got to pick up like 80 bounties and follow 16 different quests at once do my all my daily crucible vanguard and whatnot challenges and then my weekly shit it's like i i log in on to hell divers i'm like i don't really care i just want to go shoot bugs with my buddies you know it seems very relaxed especially since like all of us can die in a mission and we can still all respawn Mm-hmm. To a certain extent, I know it's limited, but 
that's definitely a difference between, you know, spending 45 minutes in a nightfall and destiny and then everybody wipes and you got to go <laughs> back to orbit start over again. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I think it's interesting the idea of it being like a lower impact live service game. Like there are still goals that you can work towards. They give you like yeah. a daily mission or something, but it's it's like, you know, kill 15 of this type of thing that type of stuff there's also like a greater metagame of like everyone playing the game is working towards like clearing sectors of the space Mm -hmm. map in order to make sure that they're pushing back against the threats of those against super earth basically and so i feel like you know it's it's interesting because when you beat a a map you see or when you beat a mission you see like oh we are we have conquered this planet 95.02792852% and it's like you're moving the seventh decimal in that number in order to like every battle you're doing is is making that small difference and towards you know towards managed playing, democracy yes towards spreading managed democracy and i and i feel like um it's kind of fun to see some of that stuff, even if it feels a little bit futile in a lot of ways. But, um, but yeah, John, how how was your single player experience? I didn't even try to play the game single player yet. Uh, I mean, just not even like like playing it single player, but just some of the mechanics of it. I really, really like the um, stratagems. The stratagems and how you—it's basically like punching in a cheat code, it's, like it's in, for doing a, game. a fucking fatality in the middle yeah. of the map. It, yeah, like that's <laughs> that's such a cool mechanic to put yes. into a game. Um, the guns feel pretty good. Gunplay feels decent. Um, the I, I did both of the matches that I tried on in my lonesome were against automatons, and uh, they're not easy enemies and both missions started out where it seemed like it was like one here's one ship dropping off a couple of robots and then like here's another ship dropping off a couple of robots and then it was like here's four ships dropping off robots in four different areas of the map and they're all coming for you and like (laughs) it didn't matter like there was a point where I just started running like I was like fuck I need to see if I can even survive this and I just started booking like hauling ass into like the jungle and they followed me, and they hunted me down, and they killed me repeatedly. Like well, they're all Terminators. That's what yeah, they're, they're Terminators. basically they're designed yeah. for. Terminators and AT ATSTs. Yeah, like. yeah. <laughs> they're, they're all shameless ripoffs. Of- <laughs> I, I I like I like the dive mechanic. I think that's really cool. Um, I I'm interested to see like how the cosmetics play out if they if they have some cooler stuff because. They do. I mean, they're the the Helldiver uniforms as is are like okay. You know, you're like a you look you look like a Halo. You know, like a Halo character or like a man somewhere between like a Halo character and a Mandalorian kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And it's cool, but like could be cooler. You know, do they open up customization for some of that? Like, are, can you get like mm-hmm. different color schemes and things? Like, mm-hmm. you get to design your own painted panels on your armors and things. Like, I don't know. But, um, yeah, overall, I, I'm excited to play more of it. I just need to find the time when there's other people available to do it and, uh, hopefully link up and and do that just cause it, it desperately needs like multiple people. You, you really can't play it by yourself. Like, 
Yeah, and the fun thing is, is that like when you're playing by yourself, you can open up a map and see other people that have started missions, and you can hop into their mission. Obviously, you can start your own mission by yourself and hope other people join you if you want to do it that way. I did end up joining. It was another uh, escort automaton mission that also went sideways the exact same way the one that we were running with <laughs> Zach did. Like, it was fucking bad. It was murderous. Like, we got to the point where, like, we were trying to spawn further and further away from where all the shit was happening. And it was just, like, throngs of Terminators coming after us. It was It was bad. But it was still fun. Just trying to, like, start stemming the tide again, but, like, everybody just keeps dying. It's, it, I don't know why it's fun, but I had a great time with it. The fun thing, so just to dive a little deeper on the stratagems, when you're playing on PlayStation, basically what you can do, anytime you load into a mission, you can bring, you can equip stratagems with you, and you unlock stratagems with the credits that you earn for completing missions. So... There are different types of stratagems that you can have. You can have stratagems that give you, like, high-level weaponry. So you'll get, like, a very powerful machine gun with one of them. Or you have some that are, like, what? Or a flamethrower. Or a flamethrower in that case. There are some that are, like, aerial strikes from your gunship where, like, they'll fire guns. Or Zack had this one that was, like, literally a space laser that was just incinerating everything. It was horrifying to be near at all. Yeah. And, um... (laughs) Because it tracks whatever the biggest monster is, and if the monster starts running towards you, this massive laser is fucking firing at the monster that's running at you. Horrifying. Um, so there's there's those types of things. There's also some, uh, like, whenever somebody dies, you can uh, reinforce. Is that what it's called? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you can reinforce a person by calling in a stratagem. So on PlayStation, what you're doing is you hold L1, and it brings up this little menu of a bunch of little combos or cheat codes, like John was saying, of like up, down, down, left, or something like that. And doing that activates like a grenade, basically, that you throw at the ground, and it's a marker for the gunship to drop a person or whatever equipment you're summoning on that spot. And so like the fact that when somebody dies, you can bring them back by putting in this little cheat code like you have to take a second away from the action to put in the the four or five inputs and then you throw it down and then you know they can pile it down onto the ground i think that's a lot of fun it's also like terrifying that like if you get too close to one of them then you'll probably die too which yeah. sucks um yeah i crushed myself with my own drop pod the other day with my <laughs> machine gun in it yep uh like there's another one that like spews out a bunch of mines once it comes down and i like uh zach was like oh yeah you guys might want to stay far away back from that one and like it impacted the ground i was like okay i'm cool but then it started shooting all these mines out in like this massive (laughs) radius and i was like oh fuck and i started running backwards and thankfully didn't didn't die but like the strategy strategizing you can do with these stratagems and like people fighting while you're trying to get these stratagems off and they're all on cooldown. So you can usually use them multiple times in a mission and you can kind of coordinate with each other. Like, Oh, I'll call down a supply drop now and then Brian can do it next and blah, 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 blah. All of that stuff is really, really neat and fun. Uh, and it's not like anything that I've seen in any other game before. So like the fact that there's a whole progression of like crazy shit that you can unlock, including the space laser and like, all these other cool weapons and things that you can get, I think, uh, yeah. I think will be awesome but uh, to kind of collect. At the same time, it doesn't feel like 
you need those to succeed. Like it, it's not balanced to where like I, I didn't. I didn't. I mean, Zach's just better at playing the game than we are. True, like I yes. didn't feel like because he had what he had as a loadout made him like way better than us, or and he didn't have more health or anything than us. Yeah, and he was probably using a potato wrapped in copper wire, like, you know, a battery thing to play it and still did better than everybody. Yeah. No, he was he's using a DDR mat hooked up Is to that his what it PC. Was? Well, he actually yeah. has a nice new PC, so he probably wasn't using a potato. Those uh <laughs> those those uh the congas or whatever, the bongos yeah, from the Donkey, Donkey Kong. Donkey Kong jungle beat congas, Ooh. yes. Yeah. Um But yeah, I mean there are battle passes and you get like medals for completing missions that unlock things on the battle passes. There's like a free battle pass that has a lot of pages with different cosmetics and weapons to unlock. And like the weapons I feel like are not, um, it doesn't feel like it's really, it's not really pay to win because there's no PVP it's PVE. And like, yeah, you could spend a bunch of money on credits to unlock more of that shit, but I don't feel like that would, be fun at all you know you'd just be unlocking it to to use it on missions and show off i guess but i mean i was always more into like the cosmetic unlocks anyways you know like there's a reason i spent as much money as i did on those stupid dances in destiny back in the day (laughs) you know yeah and i think you know there's emotes and things as well that you can can unlock too um and you know the different pieces of armor I will say the the armor that I got because I paid for the sixty dollar version just because I'm a sucker, but <laughs> it did come with a really sweet armor set that I thought looked pretty cool compared to what you know Brian and Zach were wearing. Although Zach Zach specifically bought one because it looked like Hunk from Resident Evil Two, um, which I can respect that decision, of course. Um, but yeah, I mean, I the thing is, I didn't plan to buy this game at all. Like I Same. wasn't, it wasn't on my radar and just hearing people talk so effusively about how much fun they were having playing it with their friends. I was like, I feel like I kind of got to get in on this. So I'm happy that we have it, but I'm also happy. Like Brian was saying that I don't feel like it's something where I'm like, Oh, I need to compulsively get on today to finish my dailies so that I can, you know, keep yeah, no, there's, up my character. there's plenty of other people playing it to help take care of the planet, you know, like, yes. <laughs> also, yeah. I don't care about an end game or anything. It's like, to me, it's like, if I get 20 hours of enjoyment out of this or something, I'm good. Like I paid like 34 bucks for it. That's fine. Yeah. Right. That's the crazy thing is that I feel like removing like gear score somehow is making me, and the fact that it's so light on the story, it's like, you're here to spread managed democracy, go kill the robots and the bugs. That's all it is. Yep. There's not like, I mean, you can walk up to items that are there and like they have little flavor text for some, some stuff that's in the environment that you can read, but it's not like bogged down and weird lore shit that isn't even in the game in the sense of destiny or stuff like that. I feel like it's just the game kind of knows that people are there to have fun with it. And I'm, I'm cool with that. I'm, I'm excited to have something that like, if we all have a free night or whatever, we can be like, all right, it's hell divers night. Let's all hop in, have some fun for a while. Like it sounds, 
It sounds cool. And I feel like there's enough people in our friend group that have it that you could probably always find a group of at least three people to play with. So that's that's pretty rad. But um, yeah, no, I, I'm quite impressed with the game. Like I, from being something that wasn't even on most people's radar to like, oh, it's out. And also, guess what? Like, it's one of the best-selling games right now. I think that's pretty incredible. And, you know, Sony might have canceled the Last of Us live service game, but apparently they put the money into Helldivers that... Or hopefully they're put, they're shoveling more money into Helldivers because they need it. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, no, very cool. Any other thoughts on Helldivers? I just, I need to um, play more. I, I want to play more. Yeah, same. I'm I'm hoping they uh, fix things. The server situation, the weird black screen bug was irritating since it was only the third time I had booted the game up. Yeah, and I mean, you know, this game came out 12 days ago, so I think it, yeah, everything I'm will improve. I'm willing to give it time. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, in you know, in in all fairness, like, most games come out in worse shape for sure for sure yeah you know i mean i don't know go ahead brian i i have, apparently have 3.6 hours in it already so i'm almost to my goal of playing 20 hours to get my money's worth <laughs> there you go that's the thing 39.99 is like that's 30 dollars less than most new releases right now you know so that's pretty nice yeah. um mm-hmm. and arrowhead studios has a hundred people you know compared to some of the massive games that come out and still are, but like fucking Suicide Squad auto-completing people's progression as soon as it came out. Like, even the big studios can make massive mistakes, so you know. Uh, but yeah. Should we talk some news real quick? Yeah, let's do sure. it. Sure. And now, Patch Notes with John, Brian, and Alex. First out of the gate here, Elden Ring Shadow of the Erd Tree's first trailer drops Wednesday, which is tomorrow when we are recording this. Um, and I think they're going to reveal the... Uh, it's a three-minute trailer, and they're going to reveal the release date, I believe, is, uh, is the case here. Are you guys excited for a reason to go back to Elden Ring? I mean, I, I don't have any... I don't need a new reason to go back to Elden Ring. I never finished it. Yeah, I just <laughs> I need to go back. had a lot more to play. Yeah. But I keep trying to get back into that, it would be pretty difficult. Luckily for me, I actually placed a lot of markers on the map, so I have somewhat of an idea of what where I left off. That's good. But yeah, yeah I feel learning like... how to play again is like a whole thing. I will probably just get my ass handed to me if I try to go back and play this game at all. <laughs> I don't know that I can hop back on that difficulty we, curve we can with every success. It. That's true. That's true. Dip our toes in the water cooperatively. I just wonder if this DLC completely breaks my stupid magic user that used a bunch of cheap shit. Or my crazy probably bleed not. build. Did they? I mean, they, they didn't really like nerf anything in that game. They just kind of let it be, right? I think they adjusted things early on. I don't know how things have proceeded since then. So, yeah. 
you know, we'll have to see, I guess. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's really the only like massive piece of news that just dropped as far as I know. I didn't really pull up anything else. So it might well, be a first, short news. First, other sh- uh, first like promo shots for the Borderlands movie came out. That's true. It's weird to see Kate Blanchett in a Borderlands movie. <laughs> I haven't seen that. It's very strange. <laughs> yeah, I thought Kevin Hart was 50 Cent in one of the pictures. And I, I was like, oh, I didn't know 50 Cent was in this. And then I got really <laughs> excited about it. And I was like, but God, he's probably an awful actor, though. Because I never saw that movie he was in, like Get Rich and Die Trying or whatever the hell it was. Like, Yeah. But I, yeah, I, I thought Kevin Hart was Fifty Cent, and it's, it's he's not. It's it's Kevin Hart, and I'm just like, I don't need any more Kevin Hart. I don't think anybody does. We're all we're all Kevin Harted out. Here's what I'll say: um, I don't want to see this movie, and I probably won't, unless it's to maybe talk about it on the show. But I feel like the art direction feels very Borderlands, which is cool. Yeah, it looks cool. The fact that it like claptrap trap looks like claptrap, and the characters feel the way that the the art direction looks and the and the costuming looks they almost feel kind of cel shaded in a lot of ways and the colors seem very bold and I think yeah, that's pretty cool and Kevin Hart just looks like he's holding a giant Nerf gun yeah which <laughs> it, you know I mean. A lot of ridiculous guns in the Borderlands uh, series. So, um, but yeah, I don't know. Other than that, I mean, oh, there's, it, it's uh, directed by Eli Roth too. Is something to take into consideration. Yeah, interesting. I don't. So, I don't know what that will mean. <laughs> it's going to be ultra violent. I think. Yeah, that's pro- that probably makes sense, but that fits the brand. Like, maybe it'll be some form of, like, post-apocalyptic horror-esque, like, thing, you know? Like, he'll, he'll, it'll be funny, but it'll be, like, scary at the same time, because that's kind of his bag, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, he's torture porn, right? And I don't, like, uh, but the weird thing is I feel like he hasn't done much recently. Like, this might be a trip out of director jail for something. Where yeah. they're just like, we just want somebody to make our movie and make it the way we want it to be. But I feel like, yeah, he did a remake to Death Wish. That was a oh, complete and, flop. Uh, yeah, Claptrap is played by Jack Black. Also, yep. we should. I don't. Remember, I don't think we mentioned that, but seems appropriate. M- yeah, maybe I mean, more importantly, it's written by Craig Mazin of The Last of Us fame. Oh, right. that I didn't realize that. That's yeah. I just saw this on on uh, Wikipedia, so that might be a little bit more. Uh, uh, Maybe it does worth checking into. Fall into like the horror, like humor, a little more than we're thinking it will. I don't know. Entirely possible. I don't I mean, know. Borderlands is not really that like that. It's not horrifying in any way. It's just fucking silly. Yeah, it's well, pretty violent. Like, yeah, it's yeah, ultra it's violent, ultra, but it's, it's ultra silly. The crazy shit is it was filmed three years ago. <laughs> really? Yes. I didn't realize that. That's kind of crazy. Well, hmm. 
Yeah, yeah, but I mean, it was it was like, you know, twenty twenty one, pretty early in COVID. Uh, and then it says here reshoots happened in January twenty twenty three with Tim Miller, director of uh, Deadpool, because Eli Roth was filming another movie <laughs> already. <laughs> I don't know what this movie's going to be. It's going to be interesting to see the reaction to it at the very least. So, yeah, I don't know. Uh, the other thing we can talk about is the uh, Xbox exclusive thing. Yes, that's the other, the, probably the biggest news that came out of the last few weeks is that uh, Xbox, after a lot of consternation on the internet, um, with a lot of people doom and glooming saying that Microsoft is going to stop making Xboxes and get out of the hardware game altogether. Uh, they had they announced that they were going to have a business update, and then they announced that it was going to be through their Xbox podcast. Um, and so Phil Spencer announced that there would be four games that are going to be coming to the PlayStation 5 and Nintendo Switch. Uh, he did not announce what those are, but the reporting seems fairly confident in noting that it will likely be Pentiment, Hi-Fi Rush, Sea of Thieves, and... Grounded. Grounded, yes. Thank you. So, uh, we might have one of those confirmed as early as tomorrow. There's a Nintendo Partner Direct that is happening on the 21st as well. Um, but I think Hi-Fi Rush and Pentiment are supposed to be the first two out of the gate. Um, it sounded like Microsoft is not committed to doing this for more games in the future until they learn how this goes. But what do you guys think about this proposition? I mean... Microsoft is basically the largest gaming studio like in the world now. So yeah. for them to f- put more attention on actually making games and less on hardware would make sense. I did also see somewhere, I, I don't remember where exactly, but something about their next hardware is going to be the largest technological leap uh, that we've ever seen in video games, supposedly, which that could have been one of those GameRant.com bullshit <laughs> articles. I don't, I don't remember exactly where I saw it, but... Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think they're, the focus on gaming is is definitely like would be beneficial for them because they could potentially make even more money just selling games, you know, whether it's through Game Pass or through, you know, other third parties. Like it doesn't it doesn't matter. Like they they're the biggest gaming studio in the world now. Yeah. I mean, I don't see this as being them getting out of the hardware game. I think they, at the very least, will be around for at least another go-around. But there were reports of, like, the Xbox One is being outsold 2 to 1 or 3 to 1 by PlayStation 5. Um, Not Xbox One. The Xbox Series X and S are being outsold by that much. And so that's pretty... The die seems pretty cast for this generation, but the idea that Microsoft is like, hey, we can make, number one, we can make more money off of this investment that we've already put in by putting these games out on more platforms where people could buy these games. That's a great idea. Number two, the idea that they could say, hey, this is what we're doing on Xbox. 
By the way, if you want to play the new Sea of Thieves, or if you want to play Hi-Fi Rush 2, those are going to be out first on our new platform, the Xbox Series X720, whatever the fuck they're going to call the new one. But, like, this is kind of like, we, we can, we can, we can give you the first taste for free, but you're going to have to come back to us for the new stuff when that does come out, I think is pretty smart. It's kind of an interesting way for them to kind of try and entice people back over when there is another seed change in the, in the console market. So, all right, I think we're all tired. Yeah, it's kind of late. <laughs> Anyways. It's not that late, but yeah, I'm tired. I don't know why. <laughs> is Because this is all eating into your snack time, like last time? Well, yeah, basically. Low blood sugar. The schedule has not agreed with me for as long as we've been doing it. <laughs> yeah. As long no. as I've started, yeah. What can all you right. do? That's I fall asleep in the middle of Dungeons and Dragons like every week. So, and that's like around the same time as we record this. Exactly. I feel like I feel like the DM cuts things short because he sees me falling asleep and he's like, "Oh, we're going to lose like him." Alex <laughs> cuts our podcast short. No, I, I mean it's still I, this is like an hour long episode. It's pretty good. Yeah. I didn't cut anything short. Probably should have cut it shorter. You can find all the places you can listen to the show at midwestgamers.com slash links. Midwest Podcast Network has a Patreon. Patreon supports all the shows on the network. You can subscribe for as little as $1 a month. Help keep our shows alive and well. Check it out at mpn.bz slash Patreon. Thanks again to Jason K, Tom Z, David Owen, Corey Z for the contributions. One of the perks of joining the Patreon is to get early access to our bonus episodes that we call Side Quests. Side Quests where we veer off outside the realm of video games into food, beverages, movies, TV, and more. I have a restaurant or two I want to talk about today. Uh, join our Patreon to get those episodes a week early. As always, we do appreciate your feedback, which you could send to MidwestGameNerds at gmail.com. Don't forget to rate and review us on your favorite podcatcher. And maybe next time we will talk about some Final Fantasy action uh, again, but for, like, Rebirth or something. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah. So hopefully we can get more sleep and be more awake for next time. <laughs> so we will see you guys then. Peace. Peace.